What's up, everybody? On this episode of Guys Talking Sports, we touch base on the NFL, talking about the, the Rams-Packers game and the fate of the New York Giants. And I, I throw a small dig at the Niners because they suck. And also touched on Cleveland Cavaliers and Tyron Lou being uh, quietly escorted out the building today uh, due to an 0-6 start. So, tune in to this episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Uh, I'm here with my two boys, Al, Earl. What's going on? Hey, what's good, everybody? How's everybody doing? What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing right now? Ready to get it going? All right, fellas. Uh, We had some technical difficulties earlier in the week, so we're coming in on an unscheduled Sunday to kind of get caught up on what's going on out there in the sports. And I guess we could just jump right in to the NFL uh, where the, the Packers and the Rams just, just ended what was deemed a pretty much of a classic type of a game. I unfortunately missed the end. I saw when Green Bay actually took the lead, but I did not see how they ended up losing. I think I did read that uh, the kickoff was fumbled or a punt was fumbled or something to that nature. Uh, you might you you know how it kind of ended. Uh, well, yeah, I think um, it, down in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was um, going into the fourth quarter. It was twenty 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 three um, uh, Green Bay, and then from that particular point on, um, I guess um, the Rams got a field goal. Of course, Aaron Rodgers threw a beautiful forty yard pass to um, um, look. A forty, uh, a beautiful forty-yard pass to uh, Marquise um, Scanling to make it a twenty-seven, twenty-six, and then, of course, the Rams got the ball, came down there, and um, Greg Zollerin kicked a thirty-four-yard field goal in an impressive fashion. But what happened was, once the um, the Rams kicked the ball right back off to Green Bay, kicker uh, got it, but of course he fumbled the ball right on like the twenty-yard line. Rams got it back, and that was pretty much the end of the game. So. Um, in the beginning, it was a very tight game. I mean, Green Bay gave the Rams all they can handle. I mean, um, they shut them out in the first quarter. Basically, it was almost shut out in the entire first half until the Rams were able to score a touchdown with um, with, with Ty Gurley in the two-point conversion. It was actually on my fantasy league, and thank you because my whole team is pretty much trash <laughs> today. So, um, But besides that, um, it was a, it was a real game the second half I mean it was just like the offensive the offense on both the teams kind of just kicked in and Aaron Rodgers was being definitely Aaron Rodgers and he was definitely you know putting the team on his back um but kudos go to the Rams they played a very tough game they started off slow very slow and it wasn't until the second half where they got things going so they have a few things to tighten up but the Rams needed to win a game a tough game like that when he basically was behind practically the entire game up until um, beginning of the fourth quarter. And then it was a back and forth change. But to me, the Rams are starting to separate themselves. And definitely, I think they're the upper echelon of the NFC. Possibly the whole entire, you know, you know NFL, you know, for period. Because 
I like Kansas City, but the defense scares me, and they might catch one if they have a bad, you know, offensive game and the defense can't stop anybody. Agreed. Kind of wish I'd have seen the end of that. <laughs> my mind. Pretty good. I have to go back to the replay and see that whole beginning. I mean, they got to probably broadcast, do a rebroadcast because if it was that classic thing, I'm pretty sure they're going to rebroadcast it sometime soon. Yeah, it was definitely everything yeah. that you thought it was going to be. I mean, the early games, even the early games are actually pretty good. I mean, the Steelers and the um, the Steelers and the and um and the uh, but, uh, Cleveland for the most part was pretty good up until the fourth quarter. But I mean. It was the game of the week, and they pretty much, you know, you know, played their butts off in that one. Shout out to Cleveland. Yeah. I, I have to say shout outs to Cleveland for doing what they did, even though they, you know, it, they made it tight. I think, to be honest, majority of the games this week have been, like, you know, fairly decent with maybe an exception of a couple of games, um, <clears throat> New York teams included. Um, but – <laughs> in a nutshell, I think that um, I'm starting. I, it's making me like, as a casual NFL fan, I guess you could say right now. Um, I definitely saw a lot more games that I really piqued my interest in. Um, love to see how that was playing out. Um, but I do have to admit the the New York team right now is kind of like sour me away from watching footballs in, in general. So. I won't get much into that, I, you know, I'm just saying. But overall, I think that it was these games were pretty much exciting. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about New York squads, I mean, I don't know what people expected out of Darnold <laughs> to do for the Jets. <laughs> they still have issues at wide receiver. They, they ain't got none right now. They all hurt. And, well, no need to talk about Eli. Uh, <laughs> The New York football giants. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll defer that to the the, the residential New York Giants uh, person on this group here, and that would be Earl. Yes. yes. What's your take on your G-men? <laughs> uh, what they were, what they should have started last season, rebuild mode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't can't get no simpler than that. <laughs> Let me ask you a question question real quick. Do you think this year would be the year that they do something with Eli? Yeah, they're going to have to. I mean, right now, trading him is going to be kind of difficult because he has a no-trade clause, so he would have to waive that or either okay a trade. So I don't know what his his feelings on that one is going to be. Second of all, um, he has 22 on his contract left next year. So whoever you trade him to is going to have to pick up that particular kind of money. And so they tried. I get what they were going in the offseason. They thought, I guess the um, the new GM and new coach thought that they could put some pieces, you know, around them. They thought they can kind of rebuild the offensive line on the fly by getting bringing the Nate Soldiers in another center. And then drafted Will Hernandez. Then you put up Saquon Barkley in the backfield. And they thought, you know, and they kind of re- tooled a little bit with the defense and put them in a different scheme, which I think going from a 4-3 to a 3-4 has definitely thrown them off a tad bit. But I think they were trying to squeeze one more year out of Eli by trying to give him some pieces so he doesn't have to do it all. But you don't normally fix offensive lines on a fly like that. Usually fixing the offensive line usually takes about a good two or three seasons and you got to have some draft picks that pan out. Um, 
Nick Zolder is not really doing what he's what he was brought in to do and all the money he's given him. So, I mean, right now I think that they were hoping they can get one more season. He was hoping Eli Manning can you know give them one more. But, you know, the offensive line, especially the right side, not really the left side, but it's the right side, which is really the problem, um, is is abysmal. Eli, he just doesn't want to do too much to get himself hurt. So he's trying to play out the rest of the season. I mean, everybody's saying he wants to throw the ball. He's half gun shy, and I think half doesn't want to put himself out there to get hurt. So I think he's trying to get through the, the um, rest of the season without any nagging injuries. They're in there, they're what one and seven <laughs> by week. He'll probably come out to be the starter. I mean, they don't want to see him put in the guy they drafted in the fourth round. I mean, you could put him in there, but the way the offensive line is, he's probably going to look just as bad, if not worse. So, the answer there's no quick fix for this, it's going to be a draft or two before they can kind of get this thing panned out. And there has been some talking, I don't know, there has been some talking that they may want to try to offload Odell and get draft picks for someone that's going to be willing to take on his big contract now. So it, they're, they're in a rebuild. There's no way to put, there's no, no way to get around. You're going to have to. And I'm afraid that in this rebuilding mode, they might waste some precious time with Saquon Barkley, who is the, about one of the only few bright spots on the offense right about now. So, but it's a fire sale. They got rid of some Eli Apple, Snacks Harrison, Janoris Jenkins maybe on the block. I mean, it could be more to come. October 30th is in a couple of days, so it's it's <laughs> pretty much it. There is no there, there is no Jimmy G out there that can save the day, and I damn sure wish there was. Um, I know, I know. I know the, I, the the Giants management wishes they could have seen or you know foreseen how this was going to play out before they they bend and then broke to give Odell that big contract because now I'm sure they're kicking themselves like we probably could have got some really good draft picks for him if we didn't sign him you know and <laughs> but with that being said um I think, I think you know, you're pretty much going to have to – I think you're just going to have to part ways with uh, Eli to end the season. You know, you're just going to have to – just going to have to wave him, you know, to say before his – you know, any contract kickers come in or before his $22 million contract, you know, goes into play, just say thank you, you know, and we wish you the very best. I say you do start the, the backup quarterback after the bye. If nothing else, he's, he still has some, uh, you know, he has some mobility. I mean, you might have to throw some rollouts in there, you know, get out of the pocket so that he can try to get, you know, pass to an open open receiver. But I think there's some things that can possibly be done with the with the backup, being that he's younger and more mobile. But, you know, it's Eli. He's God in New York, even though he's playing like trash. I mean, granted, his numbers for today didn't look half bad. You know, uh, I can't say if his interceptions hurt hurt the team when he threw them, but he threw for over 300 yards. Odell had a pretty pretty decent day, had over 100 yards uh, receiving. Barkley didn't do well on on the ground, but he he did shop. He wrecked shop in the uh, passing game. And I'm sure with all the checkdowns. 
<laughs> and design <laughs> screen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, hey, I guess the Giants and the Jets are both in, in, in rebuild mode. Uh, Darnold ain't doing nothing for the Jets. Um, Jets have no run game. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess they do, and they and they don't. Um, this the Eli pipe, pipe dream is done. You know, it's time to move on. And then the bigger question would be, and I wish we had our boy Shad on the line because you know he's he's hell bent saying that Eli is a, a first battle Hall of Famer. I I I beg to differ. I'm not saying he won't get it in, in, into the Hall of Fame. But I'd be damned if he gets in on the first ballot. <laughs> I, I'm a Giants fan, and I, you know, I don't want to go way, you know, way too deep in the waters. But I wouldn't call him a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, not at all, not at all. I mean, he he might get in on the second or second or third try, but first ballot because he got two Super Bowl rings, one based off a very, 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 very lucky catch. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Right? Oh, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Everybody, everybody needs a little bit of luck. <laughs> that rabbit hole would be bad for you, man. That, I, know. I know. But no. either way, Eli, Eli has a hell of a run in New York. You know, and then sometimes you gotta you gotta realize when it's time to move on. And you know, maybe he maybe he does have another year or two left in him, but he needs the perfect situation. Where he can stand behind, stand behind a solid offensive line with his lead feet, and and it's try to shred a team apart. But you know, hey, he could be in the Niners' shoes. He could have a Jimmy G, and he gets hurt, and then he still stinks. So I mean, <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> I just can't see the owner giving up Eli Manning that quick. Sorry, I'll put like this: I would be shocked if he's under center as a starter next year. The most likely scenario is that they'll ask them to we'll buy you out or 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 retire to save the embarrassment oh, being, or to save the embarrassment of being traded or waived. They might just say we'll buy you out and then you can go off and do your own thing, or we're going to cut you. But I I would be very shocked if he's the starter next year. To be honest, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be, and I'm not saying I. I would not be surprised if he starts next year, because um, for whatever reason, somebody, some, somebody is going to believe that all he needs is just the solid, uh, a solid offensive line, and he'll be right back to where he was um, back in his Super Bowl, Super Bowl era ways. Um, and I really believe that somebody is going to really say, you know what, the Giants is going to end up keeping him and trying to start him again um, for one more, one more season. Probably his goodbye tour, but it'll be one more season. I would not be surprised. Yeah, well, that's a whole other conversation for another day. But <laughs> there, are the revolt from the fan base would be loud then, because yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's getting there right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. That definitely is true. <laughs> I think start the backup. <laughs> uh, I would not have a problem with it. <laughs> Hey, well, got the Sunday nighter about to start, kick off, and then you got Monday night, and then uh, week, this is week eight? Yep. Yep. 
two months in the NFL season is gone already. Wow, time is just truly flying. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. And Tampa Bay still don't, is that a, a pass of who their starting quarterback going to be? <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> that is. Hey, Fitzmagic is back. He almost I, led the team back. <laughs> I, I, hey, I, 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 as much as I, I don't get me wrong, like I, I really was rooting for Jameis Winston, but to see Fitzmagic do what he did, and for them to come back to 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 make that game more, you know, more competitive, speaks volumes. But I don't know if it's a combination of whatever, but, I mean, clearly it wasn't like Jamie Winston was, was playing trash ever since he got his job back. He was actually playing pretty good. He just had a, a, a very, very bad, you know, first half of that game. And the Yankees put him, you know, you know, Fitzpatrick, he almost brings him back. So everybody's going to think, well, you got to. I think we lost him. Yeah, I think we lost him again. Oh, wow. We are just having so much technical difficulties at this point. Right, um, right. I, I I get where he's saying about Fitzpatrick and Winston um, because he's right. Winston, it was just a really bad first half. That's like you can't get no worse than the, the, the first half he had. So I, I at this point, you know, I think it's going to be a wait-and-see approach. I would not be surprised if Winston does start the next game. Um, I, th- I don't know if they got a bye week now, um, but I think that I would not be surprised if Winston does come back and starts the next game, um, come out of that. And I think that is going to be his, his, his basically tryout. Um, if he's doing well first half, then I don't think there's, you know, they're going to, that this past game is just not going to be, you know, it's going to be a write-off. But if, he continues to do poorly, they are going to easily yank him for Fitzpatrick and put Fitzpatrick back in. Um, I think that's what's going to be the outcome. But then again, you never know. Fitzpatrick may start the second, you know, the next game. So we'll see how that plays out. Well, I think what's going on now is giving Tampa Bay every reason to not re-up on, you know, uh, Winston on his pick-year option. And this is, they might just part ways with him just to say, hey, first round bust, at least for them, and somebody else may pick him up on the cheap, uh, maybe a Oakland um, or maybe somewhere else, depending on who needs a quarterback. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I think what's, what's going on, like, I don't know if you heard, like Deshaun Jackson requested a trade because he claims that he doesn't have a really good chemistry with Winston but he may have better chemistry with, with Fitzpatrick, you know, and yeah, Tampa Bay is trying to, yeah, but Tampa Bay is not trying to trade him. And no, but I can see him putting it out there that he prefers Fitzpatrick as his quarterback over Winston. That's because Kirkpatrick actually throws in the deep balls and uh, Winston doesn't target him, you know, with double and triple coverage. Exactly. So, and Fitzpatrick is known for that deep ball. So, I could see that being mm-hmm. the case. He just prefers Fitzpatrick over Winston at this point. Which is understandable. Well, I still think, I, if I'm Winston, I'm like, you know what? Uh, maybe a fresh start might do me some good. They'd be getting out of Tampa, you know, everything that's going on. I say, you know, I know it looks like Derek Carr is going to be headed out the door. 
in Oakland. Um, and who knows where Winston may end up, but he's going to end up somewhere. But before we continue, I, let's, let's just take a moment to uh, for our sponsor at mybookie.ag, you know, because that's where you go to place your bets to make that dough. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the game. Guys, you heard me talking about this for weeks. Some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can turn 100 into 600. There's so much to bet on. Playoff baseball, basketball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. But my bookie is the one to bet, and I know you'd be happy with it all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in the business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. My bookie is offering a 100% bonus for the last time this year. That's right. You've been thinking about pitching and picking all season, but haven't manned up and haven't manned up yet. It's time to make your move. After Sunday's kickoff, you can kiss that bonus goodbye. Also, make sure you follow at my bookie on Twitter and Instagram. They personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention, they've given away nearly 10 grand in free money to the followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Now, log on to my bookie right now and don't miss it on your last opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use promo code GUYS100 and you get your first deposit matched 100%. That's promo code GUYS100. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, and we're back. I know we've talked enough football, but there's a a development that went on in the NBA today that might have just kind of slid underneath the rug for a lot of folks. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers went ahead and parted ways with Tyron Lue as the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers after six games starting 0-6. I don't know what management over the Cavaliers thought might, you know, thought would have happened considering they don't have LeBron James, but I, I guess they looked at it as I think they were a little bit better than the only six start. Um, I mean, the squad isn't terrible. I mean, it isn't great, but it isn't terrible either. There are worse squads out there than Cleveland, considering, I mean, if Kevin, I don't know if Kevin Love is ever going to go back to be the player he was. It doesn't look like it. And, um, <laughs> Colin Sexton, you know, he's too young to sit there and really uh, factor to be some sort of superstar point guard. And, you know, J.R. Smith is J.R. Smith. You don't know what the hell you're going to get with him on a daily night. <laughs> uh, so I am kind of shocked to be part of ways with him. Uh, but, you know, I guess they figured it was LeBron who wanted Tyron Lue as the coach. So I guess now they're gonna clean house on that on that aspect and get in somebody new. And I also read that the um, Larry Scott, the the assistant head coach, is not is not accepted the interim head coaching gig until he figures out that he's gonna be have a long term deal. So the, uh, Cleveland is like in a 
stuck between a rock and a hard place right now uh, trying to de- determine what they're going to do as far as coaching is concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, fortunate for Tyron Lou, you know, he uh, you know, he gets the boot after he's taken the three. Um, let me rephrase it. He coached them to go to three. You know, um, you know, you know, the three NBA finals. Um, however, this is you know, this is what happens in the wake of um, of a of a LeBron James created team. I mean, you think about when he came to Cleveland, you brought pieces together that fit to complement you know LeBron well. You didn't bring pieces that mm-hmm. fit to complement a system well. So when LeBron James left, he left with pieces that don't actually mesh and fit together, which is always the problem that LeBron James has because when you bring him into town, you bring in the people to fit him. And then when he leaves out and he rolls out of town, it happened in Cleveland the first go-around. It happened in Miami, but it was much more of a slower drip because you still had Dwayne Wade there and Chris Bosh, but Chris Bosh, of course, had the, you know, heart issues. In the Cleveland, he goes and leaves, and look what happened. Coach gets fired. wasn't Dan Gilbert's man, but that's who that's who LeBron James was comfortable with. You bring all these pieces in together. They don't fit well, but they fit around LeBron James. So when he leaves, LeBron, Tyron is left with a LeBron James team without LeBron James. So <laughs> what the hell is he supposed to do? I mean, you can make, you know, Kevin Love your focal point, but you didn't even got the pieces around Kevin Love to make him a focal point. And he hasn't been since he was, you know, since since before Cleveland. So I don't know anybody expected was, you know, was it going to happen? They are, they are, they are. I mean, eventually he'll leave Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers had a had much more of a nucleus there, so it might not be that much of a bad drop if unless, which they probably will, start sending people to different places to bring in more talent to fit around LeBron James, which I think is probably going to happen middle of this year and the next year. So, you know, Tyron just got the bad end of the stick, but this is what happens when you bring in LeBron James and you leave. It's, he just leaves cities and towns in a wreck because it's not a team. It's LeBron James plus four other people in a bench that fit him. I, I couldn't even say it any better myself. <laughs> like hitting that you everything you hit is just so on point. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what people are were expecting with Cleveland. Um, we said this plenty of times. Once LeBron goes, you know the question is what you're going to do going forward for the future. Which is kind of why I'm glad that. Um, Cleveland stayed idle and did not make trades or trade that first-round pick that they had. Because let's be honest, if they didn't have Colin Saxton there, it would have been just as bad. So, you know, they're in the rebuild mode now. The problem is that they don't have players that any other teams want. So they're kind of stuck right now. And even with the – like Earl said, he said it perfectly. When you have an offense and a system all evolve – one player when that player leaves you gotta make changes and adjustments and they haven't made that adjustment yet and it's funny because um tristan thompson was talking about they're still the eastern conference champions and you know still gotta go through the city of cleveland um just to make sure that you know everything is legit you know we still the eastern conference champions and not you know everybody's laughing and i'm like yo you you did lose lebron james i'm not the same team like y'all what and 
now it's show and prove. And I kind of feel bad for Tyron Lou, but let's be honest, he was LeVon James dude. So at this point, they're straight up in full rebuild mode. And would not be surprised if you see a lot of major trades involving Cleveland going down the road. And picks as well. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised because LeBron came out and said, you know, we'll be working together in the future very soon. So if if the Lakers continue to keep losing and you see Luke Walton get fired, don't be shocked if you don't see Tyron Lue come over there. Nah, I don't <laughs> see that happening. That that then the Lakers are gonna put themselves in the same position that that Cleveland did. And to be honest, I don't I see agree. that happening. I, I if I'll put it like this. If Luke Walton leaves at, because of the losing that Le, the Lakers have, there will be an uproar. There will be an uproar. Sorry. That's just my opinion. Like, it should be an uproar, I should say. I don't think that – I just don't – well, I never say never. I'll, 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 I'll reserve that. I'll say never say never. So, you never know. Well – I guess there's only one way to find out. We'll see. Well, you know, I'm sure by the next time we'll meet, hopefully Cleveland will have a a quarterback in hand. A quarterback, wow. <laughs> they got Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they have a coach or somebody that's willing to coach them. Or they'll just go out there and run run plays in the dirt like they did back, you know, back when we were on somebody's basketball court in the, in the driveway somewhere. But needless to say, still early in the season, Cleveland could rebound and maybe squeak in the eighth seed. I doubt it, but you never Cleveland know. Cleveland would not make an eighth seed. Sorry. Not the way this team is constructed. Sorry. Yeah, my, I agree. Like, but you know my Nets mean? beat them by a certain amount of points, over 10 points. <laughs> They're not making – I just don't see them making it with the team constructed. Sure. Yeah, they, they're, they're kind of crappy right now. Well, fellas, I know this is a, uh impromptu show, and we're just coming out there just to let everybody know that uh, we're still out here and paying attention to what's going on in the sports world, but we're going to go ahead and call it a night for the evening, uh, but let everybody know where they can be reached or where they can reach you. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, J-E-Raw, um, number seven, and real quick, I want to give a shout out, which we didn't touch on. To a Lewis Hamilton, F1 uh, world champion for the fifth year in a row. Man of color from Britain, but um, he's out there killing it on the F1 circuit. So um, much, you know, big ups to him. And of course, yeah, definitely big ups to him. Um, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Shout out to everybody out there that's supporting us. We appreciate the love and support. Niners suck. But anyway, you can find me on uh on Twitter. Uh CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. But my Mountaineers, they beat Baylor this past Thursday. Very impressed. So so Yeah, very impressive. Well, fellas, once again it's always a pleasure when we get together and talk a little bit of sports. Uh we'll be back again in a couple days at our regular time. Uh so be looking out for us. But until then, everybody stay safe. Have a great Monday. And we'll be getting together very, very soon. Bless out there. Have a good one. Yeah.